What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu, Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. Super excited. I've got a really cool guest with us today. She's founder of Period to Pause. She's a woman's healthcare advocate and consultant. She is also a podcast host. Please welcome Amanda Layden to the show. Amanda, I'm super pumped for this conversation. I am so pumped for this conversation. It couldn't be more timely. Yeah, you've been, you've had quite the journey. So is that, maybe you want to tell the audience a little about your journey and then get into kind of why you started period to pause. Yes. So my journey has actually spanned several years. Um, I, it really started when I was 16 and I had super bad periods, you know, the kind of period where you're double over in pain, you're vomiting, um, you're bleeding excessively. And so for many years, I would ask doctors like, what is this? Is there something wrong with me? Uh, do I have a disease? Um, and doctors would be like, no, no, you just have bad periods. So I went through most of my adult life having these symptoms masked because I was on the birth control pill. So yeah. starting at 16, really bad periods, then to the point where my husband and I decided we wanted to try to start a family. And so we were told, I was told like, oh, you have plenty of eggs. You're going to get pregnant super easily. He has a ton of sperm. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And we weren't having a good time of getting pregnant. So we started going through the IVF process. Now we went through several rounds of IVF, I think about eight, and I did get pregnant a couple of times and each time miscarried. Oh. It then, yeah, it then led me to, um, you know, the kind of final time where I had a miscarriage, I had to go in for an emergency DNC and um, I had a blood clot about, you know, I don't even know, six inches. I'm not even sure. I'm not good with um, measurements, but pretty big oh at God. the top of my uterus and my body was trying to push it out. So I was basically going through childbirth with this blood clot. And finally, my doctor, um, my IVF doctor said, wait a second, um, you've, you haven't been able to carry a baby or hold a baby to full term. You've had miscarriages. You have excessive bleeding and pain with your period. And by this point, I'm an adult now, you know, and I'm having such bad periods that I'm having to schedule work around my periods because I'd be debilitated for about three days, like in bed, in the fetal position, bleeding through my clothes, like oh. anemic almost. And, you know, kind of embarrassing, right? Like all of this stuff is not fun to go through. Anyway, my doctor finally says, okay, bad periods. Your uterus is way bigger than it should be for where you were in your pregnancy. Um, you've had these blood clots. I think you have something called adenomyosis. And, you know, it's not a disease that people talk about very frequently. Doctors don't even know how to diagnose it. I've never heard um, of it. Yeah. It's, it's a cousin of endometriosis. So oftentimes women, when they go through some of these things, will get diagnosed with endometriosis. So even up until that point, after the miscarriage, I had asked my OBGYN if there was another test they could put me through to see if something was wrong with me. And the answer was still no. Yeah. So I finally found the right specialist and then they did um, an MRI and could see that my adenomyosis was diffused in my uterus, meaning um, there was nothing they could do. So had it been in one place, they could have helped to like remove some of it, but it was so diffused that the only option was a, a hysterectomy. So that's the only thing they do for women with this disease. And so I ended up, there was a, there's one stopgap, which is giving you um, 
an IUD and, and they did put that in my body, which is also super painful. I don't know if people have had that, but it's awful. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I ended up last November. So November of uh, 2021 having a hysterectomy. Oh, man. So, yeah. Um, and so I went through all of that and it finally, you know, came to bear. I was, um, went for my two week post-op to see my doctor, my surgeon, and my husband was with me and she comes into the room with us and she has this stack of pictures. And I was like, whoa, 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 what is that? And she's like, oh, this is the inside of your body. And I was like, you may want to ask a patient, like, do you want to see these before you come yeah. rocking in the room with this? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so I did see them and I did see my uterus and my uterus was five times the size of a normal woman's. And um, I had years and years of endometriosis scar tissue in my body, plus my endometrin that um, was wrapping my adenomyosis was growing. So it was wrapping around my organs. Oh my and gosh. yeah, it's a super, I mean, if it doesn't get diagnosed, I was an emergent case. So she was actually concerned my uterus was going to burst. Um, and um, anyway, we're in the room with her and post up and my husband says, you know, all of these years of going through IVF, why didn't Amanda get diagnosed? Yeah. And um, my surgeon laughed and she said, you were a money-making machine for those IVF doctors. Yeah. It was in their interest not to diagnose her. And I was floored. I was like, are, I mean, I, I think I let out every expletive known to mankind. And I was just like, so they almost killed me in the process of making money. And um, that was when I was like, this system has to change. Yeah. We have to allow women to understand what is going on behind the scenes, um, what these, uh, the medical system is doing. And we have to allow women to find a way to take back ownership, to take back their voices, and to really advocate for themselves and to start to create change so that we can have access to the healthcare that we need. Um, and I never want another woman to go through what, what I went through. That's pretty intense. So had they diagnosed it sooner, would you have been able to carry? So there's no way to treat that at all. There is, they can go in sometimes and kind of scrape certain things out of your uterus. So they do it with endometriosis. They do it with fibroids, right? So had they actually diagnosed me sooner, yeah. There is a possibility that I would have been able to carry a baby to full term. Oh. Um, the infuriating thing about all of it is that um, every round of IVF was like watering weeds. So every yeah. time they put me through it, the adenomyosis grew and grew and grew and grew. Oh, so, mm -hmm. and so, uh, and you know, even so, when we were talking to my surgeon and my husband asked the question, she said, there's no way they couldn't have seen it. You have gone through so many ultrasounds, so many tests, like, you know, the IVF process is very intense. You yeah. go through so much. Mm -hmm. um, and she just said, there's, there's no way you, they couldn't, they wouldn't, they couldn't have seen it. Yeah. Wow. That is pretty messed up, man. I mean, you don't, do you have any kind of legal case against them or no? <laughs> you know, um, I think there probably could be, you know, there probably is something where there's a class action lawsuit against certain IVF doctors. Um, I'm not sure right now where I sit, if I want to put my time and energy into that, yeah. what I think I more want to do is to help women and like, almost like a groundswell to be able to, to change the system in terms of what 
we need uh, for our own healthcare and really to equip women to, to have a voice. Um, you know, you, you think about it every time I tell my story to a woman, they have a story of their own, yeah. uh, whether it's and it may not be in terms of the reproductive cycle. It could be, um, you know, with breast cancer, it could be with um, advocating for a family member when it comes to their health needs. Um, you know, every single woman I know has a story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I have my own, of course, but I feel like, you know, I know it's a lot of energy to, to go through a lawsuit. I've been through plenty. So I, I, know what, I know what that takes. And it's a very, but I feel like if you hit them where it hurts, you know, because if it is all about money and you do a class action lawsuit against them, not only are you going to empower other women to stand up and say, hey, I too was a part of that, but you're also in giving information. It's going to be out there forever about what some of these doctors have done and you're not in your best interest, you know, yeah. so it's almost like twofold, but I know, I know, I understand. I wouldn't, I would really think twice about doing that too. I just can't even believe that because I've too have gone, started the IVF process. I've started it with my late husband and I've started it with my soon to be new husband. And, you know, we're just in the beginning stages and I, you know, he's got good sperm count. I'm still very healthy, but I'm older. So like I've, I just think that there's probably something else going on down there that we haven't been able to get pregnant <laughs> at this point. So we're, we're going through the IVF process. So this scares me. So, I mean, yeah. what, 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 uh, so you're telling me if they do an ultrasound there, they should be able to see that. They should. Yeah. I mean, if, if the ultrasound tech is worth their salt, right. I mean, this is something they, they look at um, women's bodies every single day. I think part of this too, is that we're not looking at the whole human, you know, yeah. like, like everything is interconnected and the way our medical system is set up is that like we diagnose, we diagnose one thing, but it's yeah. like, okay, well, what about the whole, what else could be going on? I'll tell you one of my life-saving things for going through the process, but also being able to um, diagnose this disease and manage the disease and manage pain was finding an amazing acupuncturist. Ooh. Okay. Those acupuncturists know more about the female anatomy than some of these doctors. Wow. And when they specialize in women's health yeah. um, and healthcare, um, they really can go, here's the questions to ask your doctor. Here's the things you should be looking at. Oh, wait a second. You've gone through a round of IVF and you haven't been able to get pregnant. Let's start to talk about why and let's do different interventions to help your body open up and yeah. to understand um, what could potentially be happening. Today's episode is brought to you by Honey Love. Ladies, let's talk about shapewear. We all know most shapewear makes you feel like you're being suffocated. That sexy dress in the back of your closet is so freaking cute, but the thought of having your inside squished by your shapewear is just not worth it. That's why Honey Love spent years researching and developing effective shapewear that's actually comfortable. Overly tight, cheap and sticky fabrics that roll up are a thing of the past. Thanks to Honey Love, you can finally feel confident and comfortable in your favorite outfits. We have an exclusive deal for our listeners for a limited time only. You can get Honey Love's best deal they offer. Get 20% off your entire order with the code LABELFREE20 at honeylove.com. That's right, ladies. Get 20% off of your entire order with LABELFREE20 at honeylove.com. Yeah, no, I agree completely. It's just like, okay, where you want to just focus in on one piece of the problem when, you know, it's the whole, the whole puzzle, the whole equation that you have to look at. And it's just like, 
you, they, they piecemeal things together instead of saying, Hey, you know, you have this, this, and this let's, let's like get knock this down, this down, this down, all, you know, all at, all at once, but they don't do that. My late husband, yeah. like his healthcare, like I went through the whole healthcare process with him. It was, it was crazy. And they didn't want to take care of the whole package. They only wanted to focus in on one issue at a time, but I digress. Um, so you are an advocate. We were talking before we started, started you know, recording about um, being an advocate and consultant in the workplace. I want to talk about that because I think that is very important. Yes. So I've owned my own consultancy for, I think it's nine years now. I don't know. I mean, with COVID, I, like the past couple of years, I'm not really sure if time sped up or slowed down and yeah. what year I'm in. But um, yeah, I've had my own consultancy for nine years where I work with fast moving, high growth, socially conscious businesses to align um, people and growth strategy. And as part and parcel of this with the launch of period to pause, um, I'm now bringing these conversations into organizations. So as an example, women who are going through menopause, I mean, that menopause, it was such a taboo word for so long. And it was something where like women got pigeonholed into um, all of a sudden you're going through menopause, you must not be able to work to your full capacity yeah. or you must not be um, able to lead in the way you have before, which is total BS, right? I mean, we as women have so much that we're able to do and capable of doing. It's just that these conversations haven't happened yeah. and we don't have the support in place to be able to help women as they're going through challenges and changes such as menopause. So, you know, you think about the movement that has happened, not too, in the, not too much in the distant past, which is you all of a sudden we're seeing um, breastfeeding stations yeah, in workplaces, yeah. right? Yeah. That really is, I don't know, maybe the past decade, maybe even less. And you stop and think about that and you're like, it's ridiculous that these didn't exist before because, you know, we're the life force of the world and there's natural things that that happen where women need to pump, you know, they need to do things. And it's kind of the same thing when we go through this cycle of everything we face as women. Why aren't we having these conversations about putting measures in place so that women can be accommodated if they're going through something like menopause? The other piece of this is like just thinking about uh, you know, the, when I talk to women who are going through menopause right now and they say, like, I was just standing up in front of my entire board and I have um, I start sweating profusely yeah. and we're acting like nothing's happening. You know, like I'm not sweating profusely. It's like, well, what if you could just say, hey, guys, hang on or hey, everybody in this room, I just need five minutes to compose myself to cool down. I'm going to take a walk. Let's just pick this back up in five minutes. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a hard ask, and yet it's still so taboo to, to put our healthcare needs and our needs ahead of you know the rest of the uh, kind of grind, you know, the rest of what's going on in organizations. So part of my mission is to bring these conversations into organizations and to start to look at comprehensive policies, procedures, things we could put into place to support women going through everything from period to disease to menopause and anything in between. I love it. And I feel very, that that is a very great thing to do. However, I want to just kind of be the devil's advocate here. I feel like, you know, women tend to feel a little shame around going through menopause. You know, we program to think that way, you know, men, as they get older, they're revered, you know, the, the silver Fox, 
women and who I, what I, which I love, you know, I, I talked about Clarissa, you know, you know who she is. And there's actually another woman that I've been, I had on my show. Her name is Amanda Hansen, and she's called the midlife muse. And she's all about embracing this part of your life and enjoying the journey. It doesn't have to mean that you are, you're drying up, you're a dad, blah, 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 blah. And so, and I love her message. I'm a total fan. And it's just like, yeah, we're programmed to think a certain way. And yes. I do have kind of thought about that. Like, oh my God, I'm 45. I still want to have babies. I'm getting close to that time. And I'm like, I'm kind of freaking out too. But the more I talk to women like yourself, the more empowering it is for me. And I'm just like, fuck that. You know? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Totally. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, to- like this is so, oh, th- this is a big one, right? Yeah. Because we are so taught from a very young age to label one another, mm-hmm. to put, um, to otherize, like, like how dare she at 45 think that she's going to have a child. It is nobody's business other than your own. <laughs> I've heard that oh, a lot. <laughs> oh, and you know what else really pisses me off? <laughs> I'm getting on my soapbox. Like just let me step right, right on up. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> You're a geriatric mother. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. I'm very healthy. Uh, what? I'm geriatric. <laughs> I mean, what part of me? Like, let's just take that label off because if your system, your body is still working, you have a womb. I don't have a womb, so I can't carry a baby. Um, you know, you're able to fully function. Screw the medical system that's telling you that you're geriatric. No, do not put that label on me. Do not call me that. I'm just somebody who wants to carry on my family and have a baby with my soon to be husband, period, end of story. But, you know, we're taught from a very young age. um, Just think about like all of the stuff that goes on in like grade school and high school and labeling and otherizing. We're taught to be pitted against one another. Yes, yes, we are. And it's ugly and it's nasty. And so, you know, as part of what we're doing here at Period to Pause, I want to create a platform for women to share their stories, for women to find experts that they need and to see themselves in one another rather than to otherize and and label. Yeah. Yeah. I, so here, this last question, because I think we're getting close on time and I'm just so caught up in our conversation. <laughs> what can, so if we have uh, my lovely audience out there, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, I'm sure you want to know what can they do to start these conversations, conversations in an effective way in the workforce? Yeah. Um, I, so there's a couple of things. I think you can um, go to HR if you have one. And start to ask about um, what support they already have in place. Yeah. Um, so sometimes there are support networks and systems. You can also create an employee resource group. You can start one up and say, you know, we're just going to have really courageous conversations about um, what women go through throughout the cycle of their lives. Um, you can, um, you know, there, we're seeing a lot of, uh, I guess we're, we'll, we'll call it kind of internal corporate activism right now. Um, because really the power is with the employees at the moment in terms of saying, this is what I want. You know, we use the acronym here um, at period to pause a voice V O I C E. And it's really about, you know, with the V like verbalizing, vocalizing, O organizing. So figuring out how can we organize in a sustainable way? I initiating the change, um, C committing to a plan and then E going back and reevaluating and saying, does this still sound good for today's modern workforce? And is this truly what we need? So, you know, we highly suggest that people use their voices. Um, it goes a long way. And then also just to make sure that 
you know, you have conversations um, that truly matter. The other key thing right now with what's going on with women's healthcare is really to make sure that um, you have a safe space, psychologically safe space to have a conversation in your organization and that there are no like um, repercussions for coming to your manager or to HR should you need time off for a healthcare issue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. Where can people find you, connect with you, learn more. And if they are wanting you to get involved with their organization, what are some links that you can send them to? Yeah. You can just go to my website at period to pause.com. My podcast is also launching hopefully in the next week or two, we're a little bit delayed right now. Um, And there'll be a lot of experts and other women's stories and resources on there. Uh, for your audience. So please come check those out. Um, you can also email me at amanda at period to pause.com. Awesome. You guys, all those links will be in the show notes. So if you know someone that could use this in the workforce, or if you just have some questions for Amanda, go ahead and reach out. She's lovely. And I'm sure she'd be happy to help you and give you any advice that she can. Uh, before we say goodbye, any last words of wisdom or advice you'd like to leave with the audience? Yeah. I mean, it- For all of you women who are listening to this, or if you identify as a woman, um, know that um, you, it is, you can take back your power with your healthcare um, and you don't have to accept uh, what the doctors are telling you. So it is up to you to find the healthcare that you need. And I want you to go out and feel empowered to advocate for yourselves. Yes. Oh, I was just going to say you have to be your own advocate or have someone that's going to be an advocate yes. for you because the healthcare system is not made to be in your favor at all. It is not. Yeah. So, well, Amanda, I thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing some great information, valuable information, especially in today's world to help empower women around their health because it is necessary. And I think that you're doing great things because I too have been a part of part of the system. So uh, thank you for what you're doing from the uh, bottom of my heart. So keep us welcome. posted. Well, keep us posted on any new projects. I know you're launching your podcast, but if you come out with a book, which I think you might be working on a book, yeah, perhaps, I am. <laughs> let us know. we'll have you come back and update the audience how things are going and just more resources and talk about your book. That would be great. Oh, thank you, Deanna. I really appreciate um, you giving me this platform today and being able to speak to your audience. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Please don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.